Let us pray. And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. Numbers 13.18 Heavenly Father, I refuse to forget all the ways that you've come through for me. As I move forward, I will not replace your favor with strategy, as the children of Israel did in Numbers 13 and 14. When you give the command for me to scope out my promised land, I will look at the house, the business, the new clients, the land, and the territory through the eyes of Caleb and Joshua, who saw the impossible as possible, because they knew who was on their side. You, Lord. I declare with boldness, God, that you have already given me the victory. I will not look at my promises with a defeated mindset. I command all fearful thoughts to leave my mind in the name of Jesus. My promise is in front of me, and I will not forget who's going before me and who surrounds me. The land is mine. The promise is mine. And I will leave a legacy for all those who come after me. And, like Joshua, we will eat the fruit of the land. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for making prayer a priority in your day. To learn more about the Bible, stay tuned for today's story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com The Borders of Canaan In our last story, we learned how Miriam and Aaron gave in to the spirit of Cain, raging with jealousy and contempt for Moses. As they schemed against him, God called them into the tent of meeting and struck Miriam with leprosy. He healed her at the request of Moses. In this story, we learn how Moses sends spies to scope out the land of Canaan and how some Israelites tremble in fear while others rise in hope, as inspired by the book of Numbers. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In yesterday's episode, we saw what happened to Miriam and Aaron when they tried to undermine Moses as a leader. We learned how God disciplined them because of their defiance. We also saw Moses stepping in and advocating for his sister, sparing her from the ultimate punishment of death. As we closed out the episode, Moses and the Israelites set off again toward the promised land. And today, we'll hear as they arrive near Canaan, Moses will send out spies to report on the new land that they are about to enter. However, what should be a time of great rejoicing and celebration in the fulfillment of God's promise turns into a time of fear and faithlessness. But there will be voices that bring hope and faith. Which voices will win out? Let's hear today's reading to find out. It was finally within reach. The Israelites could feel the gentle spring breeze dance along the grassy plains below the valley. Springs of living water flowed from every direction, and the birds chirped to the same joyful melody. The promised land was close. Canaan, the land promised to Abraham, was only miles away. 
God instructed Moses to send twelve of his best men to scope out the land and spy on its inhabitants. The faithful twelve left in the dead of night, remaining unnoticed by the Canaanites. Their orders were to dwell in the shadows for forty days and come back with a report. So, for forty days, the men spied. They assessed the height of their walls and the strength of their men. They explored the cities and picked the fruit. They searched for strongholds, weaknesses, camps, and armies. Silently and carefully, the men gathered all they could and brought it back to Moses. The spies returned after forty days. The elders and many of the people gathered together to hear their report. It was night, and Moses sat and listened to the men while peering into the large fire. It is just as God said, the land is flowing with milk and honey, one of the spies exclaimed. However, the people there are mighty, and their cities are well built and fortified. Another spy chimed in, saying, It gets worse. The Amalekites, the Hittites, and all of our enemies dwell in the hill country above them. Concerned mumblings could be heard around the fire. People turned to one another, clearly disturbed by their report. Yet Moses still remained silent, poking the fire in front of him. The mumbles turned into loud cries of concern and arguments. The crowd began to erupt with discomfort. Caleb, one of the spies, quieted the crowd. Listen, he yelled. The people ceased their banter and looked up at Caleb. Let us go and take the land. We can overcome whoever dwells there. Caleb spoke with confidence. His eyes glowed with the reflection of the fire, yet they also reflected hope. Lunatic, another spy shouted from the other side. They are far stronger than we ever will be. Again the crowd erupted with concerned banter. It did not take long for the spy's bad report to spread like wildfire. Rumors, tall tales, and half-truths plagued the entire camp like a virus. They are all giants, some people shouted. I heard they are cannibals, some more would whisper. Soon all hope seemed lost for the people of Israel, and a faith in God was replaced by fear and rumor. The congregation raised a loud cry, and weeping could be heard for miles. Moses and Aaron were inundated with complaints day and night. We would have much rather died in Egypt than be devoured by cannibals or fall by sword, they said. Our wives and little ones will become their prey. And they said to one another, Let us choose another leader and return to Egypt. Moses and Aaron were overwhelmed by the people. They bowed their faces to the ground before them, unable to handle the onslaught of complaints, threats, and requests. Joshua and Caleb stood before the people with swords in their hands. The people fell silent as they saw Joshua raise his fist high in the air. It is good land, Joshua shouted. He paced the room, meeting everybody's eyes. If God delights in us, he will give us victory. Stop rebelling, for by doing so you ensure our defeat. Do not fear the people in the land. They will be our bread. Joshua spoke passionately, but to no avail. The people surrounded Joshua and Caleb with stones. They cursed him, and fear drove them forward to kill them. Their eyes burned red hot with rage and terror. 
Joshua and Caleb braced themselves for the onslaught of stones and fists. The people leapt forward to kill them, when all of the sudden the glory of God appeared as a rushing wind. God's fury interrupted their acts of fear and hatred. How long, God asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to believe in me? After every sign, deliverance, and provision, they still despise me. God's anger could be felt in the air as Moses listened. They will be striked down, God said. Moses fell before God again. Let your glory and your power be known through your steadfast love and forgiveness, he asked. He implored of God to spare the people. Please pardon them according to your greatness, for you have shown mercy to them from Egypt all the way until now. I will show mercy, God said, but I have been despised long enough. I freed the people from Egypt out of slavery. I parted seas. I cleansed water for them to drink. I sent manna from the sky and quail from the land. I have appeared in thunder, lightning, smoke, and fire. I have protected them from their enemies, and now they stand at the precipice of all I promised them. Moses could sense a grief in God's voice, like a father who wanted to bless his son, but his son was content to play in the mud. None of the men who have seen my glory and still hate me will see the promised land. All but Caleb and Joshua, God said. God then gave a message to Moses to give to the people, a sentencing to all those who grumbled in the wilderness without faith. Your bodies will fall and rot here in the wilderness. Every single one of you over the age of twenty shall die here without even a glimpse of the promised land. Caleb and Joshua shall see my glory for their faith, but you all will decompose into the dust. You feared that your little ones would become prey, but it is them who will be brought into the land that you rejected. Your dead bodies will fall in the wilderness for animals to gorge, yet your children will walk in the newness of life. For forty years your children will be shepherds in the land, as Moses was when I first called him. They will wait forty years for you all to perish, then they will have their reward. I have spoken, and my word is final. All of Israel mourned that day. In a desperate attempt to reclaim God's favor, the people of Israel rose early in the morning to seize the land. But Moses said, Why do you go now? You know the Lord is not with you. He will not give you this land. But the people did not listen. They thought strategy would replace God's favor. They armed themselves and descended upon the land to capture it. Righteous cries could be heard as Moses sat in his tent. Neither Moses nor the Ark of the Covenant went with them. Miles away, the screams of slaughtered Israelites could be heard. The Amalekites and the Canaanites lived in the hill they chose to take, and it was painted red with the blood of God's people. The cries of war were replaced with silent loss. It was still within reach. They could still feel the gentle spring breeze brush against their cheeks. The springs of living water were red from the blood of Israelite soldiers. The birds were still chirping. The promised land was close yet further than it had ever been. Canaan 
the land promised to Abraham was 40 years away. After months of travel through unknown lands, hard terrain, even dangerous territory, the Israelites were at last getting close to Canaan. The land that God had promised their forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was right in front of them. But they couldn't just march in and settle. There were other people living there, so God instructs Moses to send spies to get a good look. This was going to be, in many ways, a big test of the Israelites' trust and faith in God. Would they see the obstacles ahead and complain again and even turn back? Or would they remember that God delivered them from Pharaoh and gave their untrained army a great victory over the fearsome Amalekites? Would they see the bounty before them or the barriers ahead? The spies were gone for 40 days. It was a mission of espionage. They reported back to the people. It was indeed a land, a beautiful land, flowing with milk and honey, a prosperous land. The manna that they were so tired of would be a thing of the past, and they would live in the bounty and the blessing of this land of promise. But there are giants in the land, powerful men, fortified cities, and it appeared on the surface that there was no way to defeat them. So they're filled with fear, and the people forgot that God was their commander. But two of the spies, men named Caleb and Joshua, speak up. They trust God, and they urge the people to have faith. They said, this is God's land, and now it's our land, just as he promised. But the people chose fear over faith. They said, we feel like grasshoppers in the sight of these giants. And so they rebel against Moses and turn their sights to Egypt again. They're ready to turn back and to go back to the land of bondage. Sometimes we do the same preferring to return to the change in the past rather than face the challenges of the future. Sometimes fear keeps us from receiving all that God wants to give. Joshua and Caleb tried to plead one more time, but the people wanted to stone them. They refused to hear the truth. God has had enough. His anger burns against their sinfulness and their distrust, and he says, I will take out the whole generation and start again with Moses. Moses once again intercedes. He tells God to consider the witness to the nations. Killing the people would tell the world that God was not able to do as he promised. But then Moses pleads for mercy. Moses asks God to forgive the people, much as Christ asked God from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Moses was an imperfect intercessor, but God honored his request. But we have a perfect intercessor, the Lord Jesus Christ, who always intercedes on the behalf of his children and seeks their forgiveness each day. God has mercy on them, but there will be a cost to their lack of faith. They will wander in the desert until the last of that generation dies out. Not a single person, except for Caleb and Joshua, will ever see this land that God would give them. They were on the brink of blessing, so close to the promised land, and yet they would never enter because they chose fear over faith. Dear God, we all face challenges that seem impossible, insurmountable, giants, and yet in those times, we know that we can trust you. So right now, we choose faith over our fears. Help us to know that you will always fulfill your promises in our lives, always. 
Help our faith to be a witness to others that they might trust you also. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you love, because by sharing this podcast, you can make a big difference in someone's life in Jesus' name. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's life, God's power, God's strength for successful Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you.